All right, dude. So you and I had a really interesting conversation on when was that? Was that last week? Was that before Christmas? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish we would have recorded. It was awesome. We'll get more. We'll get that stuff out today. It was just so natural. Mm-hmm. I, I I saw your one sheet come over and I am. I, I, I don't believe that there's competition out in the world when you're your authentic self, right? Mm-hmm. There is no competition because there's no you. And so when it comes to other coaches, I love to talk to other coaches on here, even though people bust my balls about it. They're like, well, you own a coaching business. Why would you talk to other coaches and let them promote? I'm like, because if my, if my mission is to empower 10 million men, yeah. No, those people would hate my podcast. My entire <laughs> podcast is me hosting other coaches. And yeah, consultants. yeah. It's the whole podcast. <laughs> it's only a few people every once in a while. It's just it makes me it makes me think a little bit like, oh, man, am I doing something that's not serving? Am I doing something wrong here? No, I'm doing exactly what I want to do, which is promoting other dudes, doing some really great shit for people out there, helping them help. What is your it's it's remove or um, eliminate excuses and obstacles, excuses and stories. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Eliminate obstacles, excuses, and stories. And that's what we're going to dive into today about the human's growth in all that stuff. So excited to be here, dude. This is this is an awesome show. I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, dude. I thank you. I appreciate what, what, what it. What is the saying? Uh longtime listener, first time, first time caller. Is that what they used to say? Oh, at a Howard Stern show? Just on radio in general. Oh, long yeah, time, yeah. Long, long time, time first time. First time caller. Yeah. Yep. Long time first time. <laughs> So, um, yeah, dude, I look, you got a really, you got a really interesting background too. So I want to get that to the audience first, and then you and I can really dig into the tactical stuff and the stuff that, that we use. I mean, I think that a lot of people are going to get so much out of this because this is two coaches talking mm-hmm. about their own growth, their own maturity, alignment with their authentic selves, understanding their purpose, all that stuff's going to come out today. So audience, you're in for a real treat. Real quick, dive us into your past. How did you become who you are today? Yeah, so I always like to start with like, I guess you could say the programming in which I didn't choose, but the one in which that was given to me. And that was like a victim mindset. And I was actually having a conversation about this with somebody on on my podcast yesterday that the lowest form of your your higher self, you could say, is a victim mentality. And I had that, Um, you know, growing up, uh, I grew up in a domestic violent home. Like my father was, you know, domestic uh, abusive to myself and as well as, uh, you know, my mother. I saw a lot of stuff growing up um, that I guess most kids shouldn't see. And then after my father went away to prison, you know, I grew up in a single, you know, family home or single mother home. And the excuse, the story was kind of created for me, which is like the reason why you're behind in school is because your father's in prison and, and your mom is trying to work two jobs while she's like, you know, taking care of two boys, you know, the, the excuses were kind of handed out willingly and I accepted them. And what I found was the more that I leaned into the story that I was a victim in my life, the less I got, Yeah, like I, I wasn't successful in any facet. I mean, at one point, you know, I, I say this jokingly, but in somewhat serious, you know, way I could spell Eddie with my report card for whatever reason, my school didn't believe in <laughs> believe it believe in f so they gave ease but but still like i i was a terrible student and i just was because i was feeding into the excuses and then literally 
in one summer, I just chose to operate differently. I stopped saying that I was a dumb kid. I stopped saying that I was, wasn't good at school. And I just did the work. And as a result of that, I became a straight A student from eighth grade on and, you know, went on to be able to get qualified to go to the Air Force Academy, play football and all this other stuff. But it started from me choosing. Now, I didn't really catch on to what I was really doing until later on, right? I go to corporate, I got a sales gig, went from entry level to one of the heads of the, of the sales department in less than three years. And when I look back at like how I did that, I leaned into two things. One, not being a victim, right? So I, I was fortunate enough that I wrestled in, in high school and college. And then going into sales, you can't make excuses. If you suck, you suck. And wrestling, if you fail, you fail. Like there is no one else to blame except for yourself. And so I had that going for me. The second thing which got me into coaching was I was obsessed with getting people to their own like potential. Yeah. I loved coaching. And in fact, like my corporate job, which I have to give all the credit to the to in the world for allowing me to be a coach because my final gig before they shut down and stuff was traveling the country to our 30, lo 30 locations and coaching 120 some odd sales reps, whether it was on at our call center or in, in our locations. And so every single week I was in five to 10 coaching sessions a day. And it was a coaching session that I designed and, and found was the best way to get the skill set out of them. But I focused mostly on, on the emotional side. Like I remember even like a, the VP at the time was like, Hey, you focus so much on like what's going on at home and you need to be focusing on what they're doing on the phones. And my whole thing was like, look, if they, if they're not reaching their full potential at home, what do you think they're going to do? Like be there like a superhero when they work yeah. for us? Like you're out of your fucking mind. Like, and so anyway, uh, that was kind of the journey, but it started again with me being honest with myself and, and having a journey of like removing my excuses and trying to see the excuses I was making for myself and the stories that I was creating and deciding and choosing rather uh, another, another way of looking at the world. There's so much stuff that you said there. We could talk for the next five hours. Yeah. I, I find it fascinating that, you know, the kids in school, like school age kids, like early, you know, in elementary school, mm -hmm. there's so much programming coming from home and school to define your life. It's not even funny. I mean, mm -hmm. it is so crazy to me that your mindset shift, your story shift was really what it took for you to go from E's and D's to A's and honors roll. And like, you know, that that's, that's, there wasn't like, oh man, I hired a tutor and worked day and night. And I, I, I mean, I, cr I crunched it and I spent Saturdays at the library studying. It was a story shift. And when I was, when I was learning through Landmark, they would talk about mm -hmm. like, and this is like, this is a long time ago. They would talk about the difference between what happened and the story you tell yourself. Yeah. And no matter who's listening, it does not matter. Like what happened to you in the story you tell yourself, they are not the same thing because the lens at which you look through, the context that, that you have, it all is yours, right? Mm -hmm. Because th there are not similar situations out there. Everybody's different because everybody's looking at it from a different lens. So those stories of I'm dumb, I'm not good enough. It is crazy to think that you just changed the story and changed your whole life. Again, what's fascinating about it is I, again, I didn't realize until I found I had a mentor. Um, I have a mentor that you could argue it's, it, he is like loosely, could you, like, if you could imagine Landmark plus Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yeah. Like a combination. Totally that. that's, that's, that's my mentor. 
And, um, and afterwards I was like explaining my life and stuff. And, and I automatically was doing the things that he was training on. I just didn't know that I was doing it. Um, but I have to give a lot of credit to, I had a wrestling coach. He was an Olympic, uh, Olympic alternate in the seventies. He was my wrestling coach and he like was a father, father figure to me. And I remember when I went to school, uh, to, I was going to school to be a teacher as my senior year. And he's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to be a teacher. And he goes, well, what do you want in your life? Like, tell me the lifestyle you want to live. And so I told him the car that I wanted to drive, the house I wanted, the type of, you know, the vacations I want to take. And he goes, that sounds like a half a million dollar a year lifestyle. And I go, yeah. And he's like, how much are you going to make as a teacher? I'm like, I don't know, like 35 grand a year. <laughs> I just didn't see, I just yeah. didn't get it. Right. Yeah. And I remember he told me, he goes, Raylan, there's two types of people. There's people that go to school. They take a personality test. Uh, and, and they go to college because of their personality tests and they get a degree and their whole life is based around that degree. They get a job and their whole lifestyle is based around that job. They're, they're allowing the universe or whatever to choose for them. And then there's people like me and he was the first millionaire I ever met and the first business owner I ever really like knew. And I remember even when he told me like, I'm a millionaire, I was like, what does that mean? Like you have a million dollars in your bank? Like, what? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and he said, or you can decide what you want and then you just do the things you need to do to get what you want. And I just didn't click. I even still went to school to be a teacher. And it wasn't until my senior year that I was like, what am I doing? Like, I went to school to be a PE teacher. Like, I was like, what am I doing? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, I think really for me, and as I go on and, and then now as a coach, what I'm trying to do, it's not even about necessarily like the coaching academy. It, it's not even about really like having a successful financial business. Because I think if you do the other things, that will come naturally. Yeah. And it stems around the idea that, like, look, you can you can be more like Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump was too dumb to know he couldn't do anything. Right. And our biggest flaw is that we think we're fucking smart and we have to create meaning around everything. Yeah. Look, some things don't mean shit. And it only means something unless you you create the meaning. And if you're going to create the meaning, you might as well create one that serves you. Right. Like we all do things unconsciously and that's the programming. Right. We, we do things unconsciously. We get mad at things. We take things personally. But when we look at the world in which serves us best, you try to be as conscious as you can and look at it like, am I choosing this intentionally? And if I am like good, but if I'm not like, why am I choosing this? Because it's not serving me. And that's really yeah. kind of what I'm trying to do for others is the same thing I've done for myself for the last however long. So what I'm curious about is at in those moments, those early on memories, when you're, you know, your dad's in prison and like, wh who's motivating you at that point? What's that defining moment that's that you just go, I'm going to make some changes here and not because dude, that the pressure on you to follow those stories and that limiting belief pattern that other people are putting on you was massive. How do you not take that road? Yeah, hope. So I had a lot of potential. So I was fortunate, right? I had a lot of coaches that were, again, like father figures to me. And I remember one coach pulled me aside in my seventh grade year. I wrestled and played football. And he was like, look, you're good enough to play. You could play in college. You could wrestle in college if you chose yeah. to. But not with these grades. Like, you might as well kind of give up. And like that kind of motivated, motivated me because it was like, oh, like I'm making school too big of a deal. Yeah. When in fact, it's just, I have to try. Like, that's all I need to do. Yeah. And I wasn't even trying to be a straight A student. I just literally told myself, I'm a straight A student. That's it. Like, no, I'm Crazy. a straight A And then I just, I just acted as though I was that person. And then I just got the results. And I think the other part of it, too, was that I, I don't know why I noticed this. But um, there's a time later on, like, I, I started writing my dad in prison. 
And I wanted to get his side of the story. I wanted to understand better because unfortunately, and I don't necessarily, uh, I'm not saying this as a, as a kind of a, a dig on my mom, but what she would do a lot was if I would get really mad about something, she goes, oh, you're, you're just like your father. And so I had a fear of my own anger. Shot, I, was, yeah. I was petrified. I literally in my head at a young age thought I was like the Hulk. If I got mad, I'm just going to go around hitting people when that, you know, obviously we know that's not real. So I wanted, I, I almost as an investigator, I wanted to understand my father more, understand my mother more. And I found a through line. They all were a victim. Hmm. And my, my dad's sitting in prison. He spent 16 years in federal prison. Damn, dude. And was still making fucking excuses. He was like, it was because I grew up with my dad doing it. Your mom was this way. The women I've been around are like this. And it was just, he never took responsibility. And then you also look at my mom, fast forward, right? We were being evicted. I grew up in a, uh, there was a few years we lived in a motel. Um, like we were washing our clothes in the sink. And even my mother never took responsibility for, for progressing her life. Yeah. She always referred back to those times. And there was even a moment where 10 years had passed. And she's like, the reason why we're here is because your father. And it was like, wait, what? Wait a minute. Like you, you can still choose like to get a different job to, I don't know, like do something. Right. Yeah. And so I started seeing this through line of everyone that I knew that was in a bad place that wasn't getting what they wanted in life, didn't take responsibility. And then again, so I just decided I was going to do, I was going to take all the responsibility. And again, I have to give credit to wrestling because wrestling in a lot of ways saved my life. Because again, in wrestling, you can't lose and blame your coach because you're the one that has to do the moves. Like no. they can only get you to the, you know, so far. So, you know, couple that, but it was just, I just, I don't know why, but naturally I just started looking at two things. I decoded the people that weren't getting what they wanted in life. And I found the through line of victimhood. And then I looked at the people that had abundance, abundance of wealth, abundance of, and by the way, the, the, the first millionaire I referenced earlier, my, my wrestling coach, Coach Smith, he not only was a millionaire, but he was, uh, his family saw him as the greatest father in the world. His wife thought he was the greatest husband in the world. Like everyone around him thought he was a great dude. So all around an amazing guy. Yeah. And I started to decode his success. And what I found was responsibility. And I, and I just naturally, I just kind of looked at it and go, oh shit, that's the key. If I just take my responsibility and I actually execute, oh, I can have the life in which I choose. And it just kind of like rolled from there. Then fast forward, right? I'm at my first corporate job and the first leadership book I ever bought was Extreme Ownership. And I go, oh shit, I've been doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah. How lucky are you though? And subsequently me, and then the the rare individuals out there that actually escape this hold right? Mm -hmm. The program, the stories, the language of victimhood from mom and dad or from school or whatever they got it from. It's interesting that so many people around the world live their life blaming others. I mean, there are entire political parties that they should be just be called the blame party. Like it's mm -hmm. everybody else's fault. I mean, turn on the news, turn yeah. on a, a very, um, you know, right or left news channel, which I don't do. I just, I know this as an example, and you will hear how it's those people. They're mm -hmm. doing this. It's that party. They want to ruin you. They want to take your money. It's like, man, who believes that? Well, the vast majority of people believe that. That's the hardest it's easier. part. Yeah, it's way it's easier. easier. Yeah. What's interesting, though, is they don't realize how easy it is beyond the I'm going to take control of my life. 
I'm going to own my shit. I'm going to have integrity to my word. I'm going to, I'm going to have commitment and I'm going to honor it. They don't know how easy life becomes after that yet. Maybe it becomes harder because you actually have to, what I, what I usually say to my clients is, is what I tell people is simple, but not easy. Yeah. It's simple. My life is very simple. Yeah. Right. But it does. It's not always easy. Cause again, like once I made that simple decision to take responsibility, it was, it became, my life became a little bit harder for a period because I had no one to blame. Yeah. Right. If I got a bad grade, it was my fault. Like fast forward to being an entrepreneur now, yo, like just uh, a few months ago, we ran our first live workshop. I ate shit. 30 grand down the toilet. Damn, dude. There's no one to blame. You. It's just me. Fuck stops here. But, but because of that, though, the next one we run will be highly successful. Yep. It's just the taking the responsibility part. So, but again, it'd be a lot easier. Like when we lose a client or we whatever, it's it's really easy to go, oh, it's because of my team. It's because of this. No, 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 no. Like at the end of the day, I take responsibility first and it's harder, but then things get more simple because now you know what to do. Yeah. Because if you stand time, especially like I noticed this as I was like, you know, when I was started as a manager, if people are pointing at each other, the amount of time we would sit in a meeting, 20 minutes would go by and everyone we're looking at who, who to assign blame to somebody. So I realized I could shortcut everything by saying it's my fault. So I just saved us 20 minutes. Now what? Now what do we do? And now we're actually in, the, in a mode of, of correcting the issue and actually getting the result we wanted. Yeah. So it's simple, but not always easy. No, and it's, it's a choice you have to make and a choice you have to make every single time. It is very easy to blame your behavior or your results on somebody else. Extremely easy. And every yeah. single time, I think the habit that develops is it gets easier and easier to make the choice. After the choice, it might not be easy to hold that kind of responsibility. I think yeah. the choice becomes easier because you develop a habit. The moment, like my daughter, I'll say something and she'll go, you have a dad. And I'm like, what's on the other side of that butt? And she'll go, yeah. well, and then, and like, even as a seven-year-old, she stops and realizes that it's on her. If she's playing with her brother, who's three, and I say, okay, guys, clean up else can you lead on this one and she says yes the moment that one toy's on the ground it's not but it's his toy it's you took on the responsibility of leading the toy cleanup so i don't yeah. give a shit if the toys are there or not or I, I don't care what happened or whose toy they are i care that you honored your commitment that's it yeah so simple the greatest leadership quote ever actually comes from a bug's life really so the grasshopper is, is talking to the ant, the queen ant, because uh, they're pissed because all their food got ruined. So he goes to the queen ant and the queen ant goes, it wasn't my fault. It was Finn. And he goes, stop, stop, right, stop right there. The number one job, uh, he said, the, the, the number one rule about leadership is everything is your fault. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, the bug's life? A yeah. bug's life? Yes. All right, let's go. It's the yes. greatest leadership that's, quote a, ever. that's a writer. It's a writer for Pixar or Disney. Yeah. They just read, read a leadership book and like popped that in there and said, the oh, kids yeah. are going to learn from this. It's hard as shit to take it all on, man. It's hard for people. Not, it's not hard for us because we've developed a habit. It's hard as shit for people to realize that everything's on them. And, and you go, how could everything be on me when, you know, that person ran into me or, or I didn't, I didn't, pop my own tire or I didn't, you know, X, you know, insert your excuse. And you go, you made the decision to start down that road. You made yeah. the decision to 
not plug your phone in last night. You made the decision. You kicked it off. My dad used to say to me is, you could be standing at the top of a hill with a ball on your foot. And you kick the ball, and your intention is the ball rolls down the hill, and it's going to hit that little pond down there. It's going to be really fun. And I'm going to go down, pick the ball up, and run back up the hill. The problem is that once the ball leaves your foot, whatever happens is on you. Mm-hmm. And the ball rolls off your foot and hits a rock and goes right and goes into town and hits an old lady and knocks her over and breaks her hip and then smashes a car window. What's the first thing that most people say? Most people go, I didn't mean to do that. That's mm-hmm. not on me. Fuck yeah, it's on you. It came off of your foot. The moment you jump to the other side of that fence, whatever happens is on you. It's literally it. People have a really tough time with that. Who would go into town at that point and go, hey, yeah, I am so sorry. That I, that was me. I am so sorry about that. I kicked the ball. I, you know, I intended for it to go in the lake. I am so sorry, old lady. I will pay your medical bill. And I'm so sorry, guy with the window. I will fix your car window. Not many people do that because they're so scared of being in trouble, feeling less than, feeling whatever they feel in terms of authority coming down on them or being in trouble that they want to avoid. So it's not my fault. All I did was kick a ball. I didn't know that rock was there. And then bullshit, man. And the problem is that that these guys are forming habits, making excuses. And I don't think a lot of guys realize that, is that the moment you you pass judgment, blame, and you don't take that shit on for yourself, one, you're not a leader. And two, you're developing a habit of not taking shit on yourself and not owning what came off your foot. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think the other part of it too is that you can't keep your excuses and have this success at the same time. No. Like if they're, they're, it's impossible to do that. And so, yes, like it's easy to go, well, you know, I, I don't want to own any responsibility. It's not mine. Okay, fine. You can have that. But when you do that, you're not creating the life in what you want to create because you're allowing the universe, you're allowing other people to dictate that for you. There, You can't have both. And so it, it is difficult to make that that choice to take responsibility. But you're also on the plus side, you're taking responsibility for your success. And that's what, that's what keeps me going, right? Like nobody likes to take responsibility when shit goes wrong. But when you actually create the life you want to live, then you get to take responsibility for that too, which is nice. Dude, I think that, I think that what more, more guys need to understand is processing trajectory of decisions and, and actions that they take. You know what I mean? processing what happens three moves ahead five moves ahead what if that goes down what if this goes down and developing a habit to really understand and if i make this move and i am not allowed by my own standards i am not allowed to make excuses three moves from here if that shit goes left am i prepared to face full out like no no weapons no shields full out face the consequences that could come and in that case that's where like a guy like Jack Welsh is an amazing leader because he's processing 20 moves down four different directions. He knows for a fact that he will own every single one of those 80 type of, you know, uh, of outcomes. And he knows that so fast that he can just go do it. And four down the line, it hits a wall. He goes, not a problem. It's on me. Back it up. Take it over there. Oh, 20 down the line. Hey, back it up. That was the wrong direction. Let's rock over here owning it the whole way and and literally inspiring his people the whole way too. That's why like yeah. his leadership books are incredible. Processing yeah. trajectory. Yeah. I, I go back and forth on, on this and I don't really have that answer for it, but um, cause I'm really a big believer in, in staying in the present moment and detaching from the outcome. And 
but what that means is also doing everything you can to to ensure that's going to go as far as you can. So like in that situation, it's like, I don't want to own every part of our process. So we also own a marketing agency. And, you know, we have six people that work on our uh, work with me to, to help our clients. If I owned every which I did at the beginning, if I owned every single part of it, I'm missing a whole bunch well, of shit. You can't you can't. So what can you do? Prepare them as much as you humanly can yep. and give them the freedom, freedom to make you make, make mistakes along the way. Like, I remember there's a meeting I had, this is a few months ago, uh, probably longer, six months ago or something. And uh, I kind of read the team, the riot act, but the reason why is because we weren't trying to fail. Nobody was doing something different. Like yeah. we had every, all of our clients doing what we knew would work. And I got upset. Cause I was like, why are we not trying things especially with with my content like yeah. why are we not trying shit like <laughs> i don't understand like i want us to fail because the at least we're trying something new we're trying yeah. to innovate we're trying to do whatever um but with that being said i think a lot of people try to to project out to the future and and because of that they don't move now there's some people that like and these are like expert chess players right these are like yeah. the, the leadership people that have been doing it for years and they can project the average, let's just use because men listen to this podcast. The average man, you can't. I'm sorry, but you you're not good at that. Let's come back to the present moment. Yeah. Let's make sure our intention is set. Make sure we're doing things in a conscious way. Be in the present moment. Detach from the outcome and do as much as you can to make sure that happens. And whatever happens, happens. Yeah. That surrender is incredibly, especially for men, is incredibly difficult. Difficult. Yeah. And then when you get really fucking good at it, then yes, let's project in the future. But yeah. I see so many people that go, if this happens and this happens, like especially with with, with like the coaches I work with, they'll go. Okay, but if this goes well and we have like a thousand people, like how am I? What's the system that I could do to? And I'm like, slow down. Let's yeah, get that's fucking not, one. Yeah, that's not that get doesn't one. work that way. You have to master this. I'm yeah. glad you pointed that out. You have to master this type of thing. Like that's why I brought up Jack Welsh, a master at this yeah. craft. You got to master that 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 processing forward trajectory at the at the amateur level. Surrender and letting go is the only way. You cannot you cannot hold an outcome or you're going to be emotional about it. Because if it doesn't happen, you'll be emotional. And if you if it does happen, you're just going to set a higher level outcome and you're never going to be happy. You're going to move that goalpost every time. So, yeah, there's a, glad you there's brought a that great up. book on that um, on the gap and the gain by Dan Sullivan and, and Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Yeah. Um, and that's what they talk about. Right. The, the gap is when we are measuring our success based on where we think we should be versus the true way to measure success is the gain, which is measuring from where you came from. Yeah. And then from that point, everything makes sense. And what I loved about that book too, is it wasn't just about business. It also was about relationships. And I realized something that I was doing with my son. So I'm a four-year-old son. And uh, at the time he was potty training, I used to get really, really upset when he would have an accident. And what I was doing was I was measuring him against what I envisioned he should be doing. And because he wasn't measuring up to that, I was now upset. But then when I, after I read the book, I realized, oh, okay, well, he's having less frequent accidents. He's yeah. making it to the toilet. Like yeah. that's a win. And then it was exciting. And then it was like, okay, yes. Like we're, we're, we're going, for, uh, you know, from where we were a month ago, we're, we're really far ahead. Same thing comes with business, right? Like, you know, I remember at one point I got really upset at myself because I was like, oh, I'm not like the company isn't a million yet. And I had somebody, uh, <laughs> one of our teammates goes, Raylan, we just started a year ago. Yeah. Like, and I, cause I had this thing in my head that like, no, but in one year we need to be at a million dollars. And it was like, who said that? How about we, how about we look at it and go, we're about to hit 300 K and you just came up with this offer out of your ass and pull the team together. And now we're like, yeah, we did this in six months. 
Yeah. That's a good win. And I was, and, and here's the crazy part. In six months, we, we made it to, you know, multiple six figures. I was mad. It's not good enough. Been there, Who man. Who the fuck? What the fuck? That doesn't make any. So, you know, I, that's why I always recommend anybody that's interested at all uh, 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 being an entrepreneur to read Gap in the Game. Because when you read that, you go, there is no, yes. Because there's no, like, who says we're in a race with other people? It's like, can I just, is it about making money? And I think you and I had a conversation about this where I looked at the Academy and, and we just made a decision, which I'll kind of announce for the first time here, that the Academy were, were making the monthly fee to be only be 97 bucks because I was talking to the team and um, I use this, do this thing where if you came to me and you said, Hey, I'm one of hundred members in my coaching program. I go, all right, great. Uh, how much would that bring you? And you would say like, you know, let's say a hundred, a hundred thousand. I go, okay, cool. Now here, I'm going to make you a deal. I'm going to give you a hundred thousand dollars today, but you can't have a hundred members. Which one do you want? And everyone usually says, I'll take the hundred, hundred thousand. Yeah. So you actually don't want a hundred members. You want a hundred thousand. Yeah. Right. It's about like understanding what you actually want. Well, I asked myself this question, which is funny because as coaches, sometimes like we forget to ask yourself the same fucking things, you know? And so I'm looking at it and I, I'm talking to a teammate, uh, one of our team members, our creative director. And I said, I don't want, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. I want a hundred members. Yeah. Like, I, I don't give a shit about the money. It's never been about the money. It's about the impact. And so I think what's really important, you know, coming back to, again, like, it's to me, the most important question is, what do you want? And understanding what that really is. And then everything else comes from after that. Because if you don't know what you want, guess what? You're just going to get whatever the fuck the world gives you. And that's where your excuses come into play. That's when you you uh, let yourself have the programming that everyone gives you. That's when you let the universe kind of give you whatever. But when you actually are more clear about what you want, things kind of come to you a little bit more naturally. Yeah, going back to the measurement, I talk to I talk to guys about this all the time. There's there's an unfortunate event. There are unfortunate events that happen where guys are not clear on where they're going, why they're going there, how much, how long. They're not clear on the metrics, so they start measuring off of what they can see. And the other part is that they are modeling after people that they don't want to be. They're just modeling after what people have. And that starts to become a very dangerous program and, and formula. And so guys will come to me and go, well, I'm at this point. I'm at this point. And I've done this in my own business. I mean, I do the same thing. I'm like massively successful by anybody's standards. And I'm like, how come we haven't hit 5 million? Why aren't we at 10 million? You know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. well, hang on, dude. It, it my, my coach this year, Colin, he's like, well, because you're manually manipulating everything. I'm like, oh, yeah. So you're tired, man. You can only do so much work. You need systems behind you that, that can automate everything that you're doing. You're just afraid to let it go. So why don't you become the guy that can let it go and then start measuring from there? The free time you have, the money will come, you know, because you're a good coach and you have a good program. So the, the conversation that I have with a lot of these guys is, what is your measurement of success? And what is success anyway? Like, what's the definition? The measurement is like 40 different things, 50 different things. Money and income and revenue is just one of them or units or so like I, I have a bunch of guys that you know know their net worth and they they're tracking purchases you know monthly passive income unit numbers growth of this noi of that and then their net you know their their um their um uh their net worth and the problem is that there's no human there's no room for the human in there 
And I go, well, guys, how are you tracking your growth? That's why I actually built Mental Purpose the way I did. I wanted to be able to track and measure personal development and the inner growth because that's the only thing that matters because every time you grow every year, yeah, your net worth got bigger or this got better or you made more money, but you're still the same dickhead guy that's not paying attention to his family. So what's yeah. the point? Because I'm telling you right now, I had this conversation with someone like three months ago. And he, I said to him, he goes, well, what's the point? I said, what's the point if you fucking amass $25 million and your wife divorces you? That's inevitable, bro. It's and not probable. Right. It's not, she's going to take more than half, by the way. <laughs> here's the thing. If you have a $25 million portfolio, let's say, right? You're going to have to liquidate it. There's no like, hey, honey, you take this. You've been such an asshole to her that she's like, fucking want everything. And she's going to blow your money. It was a Blue Cantrell song, right? Like, She's going to blow that money. So that 25 mil that you're working so hard to amass, to pass to the next generation, to do this generational passive bullshit wealth and all that, and you didn't focus on you, they're going to leave your ass because you're replaceable and they're going to take your money or your money is going to go from 25 mil to 10 mil. They're going to split that shit and you're still going to be making payments because of who you've been for them, not what you've done. So the measurement needs to be, in my opinion, and I want to know what your opinion is, it's got to be a personal growth measurement and personal, personal achievements, checkpoints. And then you can start measuring the other stuff. Like the revenue comes from the personal growth, right? Business growth to the extent that you do. It will come. You just have to focus on you. The more you can focus on you, the more your business will just roll. Not saying you're not going to have to do any work or hustle a little bit here and there. I'm just saying the most amount of attention and energy I put on me and my growth and my business floats like a tide rising boats. It just, it just happens. And the revenue just keeps growing and the clients just keep coming. And all my goals that I set with my team that I've assembled now, it's six people. I thought, man, I'm, I'm pushing some, pushing some really, really big audacious goals. These are great. My entire team all said the same thing. They're you're playing fucking small. And I'm like, mm. Did I send you the right file? I, maybe I sent you like three years ago. I sent the right file. They all got on a call with me and they're like, dude, the way you speak, the passion you have, the clarity, the alignment, the talent, the skill, the, the, the drive, these are too small. You want to really impact the world? You better, you better increase these goals. And I'm thinking, okay, is this because maybe they think they can make more money or what, what is it? And it, no, they, they're not making percentages off of me. They're, I'm paying these people monthly, you know, or yearly. And so that made me feel really good. Like, okay, maybe I need to become the person that actually believes that a bigger goal is possible. And then mm -hmm. the bigger goal happens and, or that bigger checkpoint happens. And I just keep moving from there. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and that a lot of us kind of like are afraid to maybe set those goals. I think the other thing too is important is like defining success. And, and for me, like I haven't found another one that, that I feel like, actually is a good representation of what success is. But to me, it's just self-mastery. Like we've, we've, especially as men, have forgotten what it's like to master a craft. Like if you if you read the book, like Mastery by Robert, Robert Greene, you have the situation where back in the day, we would be an apprentice for nine years somewhere. And then after that, go into that profession. But yeah. we wouldn't get paid for that apprenticeship, right? Versus now we're all looking for the hack. We're looking for this. And so there is no meaning or purpose behind what we're trying to do. And so what I found to the to the personal side 
Yes, if you grow personally, your business will grow. But it's also what can you, what is the simplest thing that you can master? And maybe like for you, it's asking the right question. Maybe it's for you, it's it's surrendering and letting go, being in the present moment, like whatever those things are. Yeah. If you focus your energy on self-mastery, everything gets fucking easier. And there's a you know, and again, another great book called Power Versus Force by David, David Hawking. And just to kind of paint the picture, force is what we, especially us men, try to do. We force our fuck. I'm going to fucking hustle. I'm going to be grinding every day. And the reason why I always hated the word grinding, because it, <laughs> it, it implies friction. Yes, yes. Okay, like to grind is to create sparks from literally creating friction. You're, you are the resistance at that point, and that's force, right? That's what we a lot of us do. Power at that point is if you focus on self-mastery, you focus on being abundant now. Like we have yeah. a thing called in the academy called the five laws. And one of them is you are the source. And part of being the source entails that you already have it in you now. You yeah. already are abundant now. You already are a good husband, wife, uh, whatever now. And now you just behave as if, as if you were that person, right? Go back to the story I told earlier, becoming a straight A student. I said, I am a straight A student. And I operated as such, right? So it was like that future, you know, if you want to get super woo with it, that's like the, the quantum leap that like Dr. Yeah. Joe Dispenza talks about, right? Yeah. Like that's what you're doing. But instead we want to create force. We want to grind. We want to, there's nothing cool about grinding. What is cool and what is way more advantageous for you to do is to figure out how you can be a master of your own thoughts, a master of your own actions, and be able to be conscious more than your unconscious. The difference is when something like in your day, something triggers you and you go along with it, right? Like you get upset because something happens and you allow your feelings to dictate your thoughts within dictate your actions. Yep. Being conscious means input comes in and you choose. There's a difference between choice and decision. Go back to your landmark trading, right? The difference between choice and decision. A choice is that you choose it because of no circumstance, story, or excuse. You just remove excuses. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to uh, react. I'm going to respond. Well, the more you you improve on that mastery, being in the present moment, all these concepts we're talking about, this weird thing happens. You're able to grow your business a little bit faster. Like I remember yeah. there's a guy, when I first got really into this kind of concept of thinking, uh, there's a guy that I met with and I sat down with him. I was like, all right, explain to me this whole conscious versus unconscious. Explain to me all this shit. And he says, well, he he had grossed, I think it was like 3 million, maybe more. Sorry if you're listening to this. Like, I can't remember the exact number, but it was a lot of money. Okay. And he said, I was grinding the whole way. I wasn't sleeping. My relationships went to shit. Like I, you know, I, but I had this experiment. What if I let go? What if I surrendered? And he said it felt like he was in a boat with a motor on it. And he's revving that fucking motor as fast as he yeah. can go. And he goes, well, what if I let go? And so he started to surrender. And then the boat slowed down. The money wasn't coming in. And then it came to a complete stop. He started freaking out. Oh, I got to get back on the motor again. Like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I got to go. And then eventually start, the boat started to move a little faster. More opportunities came, started making a little bit of money. And then all of a sudden, the boat's going faster than he ever did with a motor. And then he realized the entire time he had a fucking sail on the boat. So the point is when we are trying, we, and by the way, he was making way more money than three mil at that point. The point is by us grinding, focusing your visual, like your ability to see opportunities is way more limited, right? It's like this idea. And that's why I go back to that, that example I gave earlier, which is like, what do you want? A hundred million or you want a hundred thousand, you want a hundred members. It's because there's a billion and one ways. There's endless opportunities to to have the monetary like thing that you want. Yeah, 
you can create a course, you can do an ebook, you can write a book, you can speak on stage. Like there, there's like so many different, you can do affiliate links, like whatever you want to do. There's a billion and one ways to, to create that wealth any way you want to. But if you're so focused in on the one thing you see in front of you, which by the way, is limited based on your past, your opportunities are only based on your exposure then guess what? You're going to miss the big opportunities that are in front of you. And it yeah. happens a lot, right? Go back to even us sitting on this, uh, you know, on this podcast, you referenced earlier, like people are like, sometimes say like, okay, why do you have other coaches on? Because we don't know where this opportunity can go. You become like the men on purpose becomes huge. And then guess what? Men on purpose. Also, some of them want to become an entrepreneur and you need somebody, you need to send them somewhere. Like there's tons of different opportunities yeah. that if you only have this very focused in lens, and how you think that money's going to come or how you think you can serve others, you're going to miss a whole bunch of fucking people. Dude, the and opportunity. Dude, the fear personally that I've experienced over the years, understanding and, and trying to slow down and to like not hustle and grind. Power versus Force is such an incredible book. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, one of the, it's one of the worst books to listen to on Audible. Because David Hawkins reads it to you. Yeah. And it's so monotone. And I thought, okay, it's only 16 hours. I can make it through it. I'll, I'll bump up the speed a little bit. And you can't bump up the speed because every line the guy says is dynamite. And you got to yeah. slow down and listen to it. And it's it's like a purpose. I, I found it to be one of the most powerful books I'd ever read and one of the most torturous experiences ever because it, you had to just take it slow and you had to just yeah. be with the book. And you're looking at the graphs and the you know, the exercises and stuff that he gives you, dude, slowing down probably was somebody asked me on a podcast last week that I was on, what's your number one piece of advice to your 18 year old self? And I said, slow the fuck down and figure out you mm -hmm. like, that would be my number one piece of advice. Slow down, slow down. There's, there's, there's not this, this finish line or this checkpoint that you're running toward. Nobody awards you for being a millionaire before 30. Nobody awards you for having this done in your business or buying this boat before this or buying this house or having that vacation property or this watch, I, I felt like there was some kind of award coming to me if I hustled and ground to, to get those things. And the only thing I lost was time and money and relationships, like which are fucking massive. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Opportunity loss. I think one of the hardest things in my life has been slowing down and just trusting the process of my life. You know, what about you? I think, well, for one, slowing down is something that I think a lot of, especially entrepreneurs, can can kind of relate to. Um, but for me, I think the, I don't know, the most difficult thing has been this idea of surrender. Like I still, I'm still on search for what it actually means because you got to remember, again, I was a wrestler, and so we we're fucking Neanderthals by nature. Um, like it, it, you know, there is no letting it happen. But one thing that helped me was jujitsu. Yeah, because a lot of jujitsu is abs and flows. It's, yeah. I'm going to like, it's allowing, accepting. I think the better word that I really like is acceptance. Yeah. I accept that this happened and now what? And so I, I think for me, one of the most challenging things of becoming an entrepreneur, just being one in general is, is again, that acceptance, right? And in various different forms, whether you have an employee, they're not going to, you know, care as much as you, you have to accept yeah. that and then make a choice based off that. You're talking right? about acceptance like, of anything in the moment, just whatever is coming, just the acceptance. I think of most, I think all problems, and this is a bold ass statement, I'm not going <laughs> to lie, but I think most problems that we encounter are come from should and could. Things should be different. 
I would agree. Things with that. could be different. It's all should and could. But when we accept what is, like most of our anger goes away, right? Like somebody says something really fucked up to you. You can you just accept that it happened. A lot of the anger comes from like, I can't believe that person said that. Right. Like, and then, but if you accept that it happened, then it's a lot easier to, to make it, a ch- uh, make a choice based off of that. Right. Same thing is true with, if you fail something in entrepreneurship or something goes wrong, a project doesn't go the way you want to, instead of getting mad that it happened, you just accept that it did and you make a choice. And I'm not saying like emotions, a lot of people, they confuse what I'm saying oftentimes and think that I'm saying like emotions are bad. No, I just use it. I just treat emotions and feelings on how they should be treated. They're just data points. Yeah. That's it. Like if I have a feeling about something, I get upset about something. The first thing I do, I, and I don't blame somebody for it. Right. I don't go, you know, you made me feel bad. I go because of what you said, something got triggered to me that that means that I haven't addressed that yet. Right. This is why I think uh, voluntary suffering is like incredibly important. Like anybody, which everyone should have read it by now, but man search for meaning, right? Like to me, the most a powerful point of that book book or the lesson that I learned from it is the importance of voluntary suffering. Suffering is going to come for you regardless if you want to or not. And you can argue that's even like the purpose of living, right? Is to, is to suffer. It's a part of it. But for me, that voluntary suffering helps put things in perspective. What I mean by that is like, for example, again, like I mentioned, I do jujitsu. Yes, I actually love jujitsu and I love the craft of, of self-mastery. Like there is no roadmap and it's a great parallel to entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And when you first start jujitsu, you think it's about being a black belt. It's not because once you're a black belt, you still have endless shit of stuff you don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> like you're, you're never done. And so uh, it's constantly about, it's about self-mastery. But after a long like practice of jujitsu, and I mean like your ego's squished because like somebody that's half your size chokes you the fuck out, right? Uh, you may have some ups and downs, whatever, but you're dead tired. And then a problem comes to you, the anxiety, everything is gone. And you usually address it as you should, which is okay, well, what now? Right. Same thing goes for doing the cold plunge. I had some Momo fucking message me once and said, you know, doing jujitsu and doing the cold plunge is not going to help you grow your business. And I said, <laughs> listen here, motherfucker. Like, of course, they're like out of shape and like fucking yeah, yeah. and they're fucking you can tell like, you know, their whole life they spent like in a trash can somewhere. But I literally said, like, look, <laughs> go to the cold plunge. And if you can stay in there for more than three minutes, you are going to unlock the ability to master one's thoughts and to surrender. That's what cold teaches you. It teaches you to surrender. And then you get out of that cold plunge and everything gets easier. So yes, of course, you get on the cold plunge for fucking two months and you don't start a business. Yeah, is it going to fucking help you grow? No, but here's what it will do if you do own a business. It's going to get you past your bullshit. So, I mean, look, again, to answer your question a long way away, I think the most difficult thing is is being self-aware enough to know where you're full of shit. Yeah. And look, I'm I'm human enough like everybody else. There's some shit that I've said that like is full of shit. And I'm also not afraid to go back and say it. Like I, I did a YouTube channel or a video a little bit ago talking about how Facebook social audio is going to change the game. I don't know if you know this, but they canceled that shit like a month later. <laughs> so I was wrong, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm wrong a lot. Um, but I'm also willing to to like question it and go like, is this is there a better way? And so that's why usually when I give, uh, I don't want to say advice, but I, I guide people in certain ways. I usually kind of put it in parentheses. This is what has served me. And I have not found evidence to support another way of looking at it. But if you look, if you can tell me, and again, I, no one's ever been able to do this, but Hey, being a victim is actually awesome. 
like playing victim in my life has, has, <laughs> has been really awesome. And I fucking made a lot of money and all my relationships are really, really great. Then, uh, you know, show me that evidence and I may change my mind, but uh, you know, I don't think that's, I don't know if it would serve your life. It wouldn't serve my life. Somebody there is, there is somebody out there. I know this for a fact. There's somebody out there that says I've never taken ownership for shit in my life. And I got 10 million bucks sitting in the account. Cause I don't give a fuck about relationships and I don't give a shit about my employees and they're my workhorses, you know, whatever that might be. And I make excuses for everything. I mean, dude, look at the fucking president, the last president we had. Not yeah. one accountability, <laughs> not one fucking piece. And guy, whoever's listening, don't get weird on me. Don't get political. I'm not talking politics. I'm talking the human. You've never heard that human say, you know what? I fucked up. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Never heard that. No, I can't say never because I don't have all the data. Yeah. yeah. As far as I know, because um, I really, I really liked watching videos of that guy talk. Because I was like, wow, this is what it looks like to have no fucks given about what anybody thinks or about having any accountability to anything that you say or do. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? Everything we do serves us. Yeah. And the way that that guy or, operated. Or doesn't. Or doesn't. Well, here's the thing. Again, it served him. But yeah, it, the question becomes, does it serve you the way in which you want it to? That, that's what I mean. And, yeah. and that that becomes the question, right? Because there's some people that I've met that's like literally Raylan. All I give a shit about is making money. And that may be true. Now, do, do I think that they're, they're maybe lying to themselves a little bit? Yeah, of course. But like, okay, yes. If that's what you want, then yeah, there's there's sure. ways to do that. And you can sure. screw people over and, and, and do that. Um, but the thing that I have realized is that it's perfectly possible to – now, again, I go back to self-mastery. To me, the purpose, especially men on purpose, right, if you're listening to this, is it is equally possible to be – uh, a master of one's own life and make money. 100%. And being a master of your life means being a master of your thoughts, what you do every day, how you affect people, like at how you impact people. And you can make money and impact people. And if that's what you want, then you have to take responsibility. That's what, you know, that's all it comes down to me. Again, not everyone's interested in that. Some people are just like, dude, I'm just trying to get by. Cool. But more than likely, it'd be a lot easier for you to get by if you stop being a victim in your own life. Dude, I mean, you and I are are two guys making real impact on the planet, like real impact, not made up bullshit impact, you know, like real impact on humans' lives. And we make money from it. And that's a pretty cool thing to align your mission, your life's mission and purpose with a business and create mm -hmm. something. I think it's I think it's rarer than not, and it's really special. And I and I I have I've talked to a lot of guys that are inspired not only by the work, they're inspired to become a coach and to get on this path to say like, man, I want to, I had a guy like it's probably maybe, maybe like this time last year who said, no, it was, uh, it was in, um, it was in March. I was at an event and he said, he came up to me after and he said, I want to know what that feels like. I want to know what you feel like when you're speaking to the group and you, you start to tear up because you're connecting with someone who's, who, who, you know, you've read them. You're so present with them. You know that they want to let it out and that you feel that and start that emotional process first, which allows them the space to do that. And then you guys hug and I can see the look on your face. Like, I want to know what that feels like. How do I become a coach? And I'm like, wow, that's, that's really, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Is that success? Yeah, because success doesn't just equal money like that. I thought was that that fulfilled me. That moved me. I mean, I, I, I called my wife and I'm like, Man, I made real impact today. And she was like, 
it actually chokes me up thinking about it. And she's like, yeah. And I, and I told her all these different guys that talked to me and came up to me. And she's like, that's pretty freaking awesome. And I said, you know, it's just, it's just more check boxes that the universe is giving me and showing me, Hey man, this is the path you're supposed to be on. You got to continue yeah. to trust this. It's going to get a little more bumpy and rocky because I'm not going to let you play small. Like my coaches have told me, like, you're not going to play small. Like it's going to get bumpier. It's going to get rockier. You know, the system, you know, the formula, you grow, business grows, you grow, business grows, you grow, business grows. That's how it's going to work. You follow that formula. You'll be good. And that's, that's, it's empowering. So dude, I don't think I ever knew how did, how did you get into this business? Cause I kind of want guys to understand how can you become a coach? Yeah. Well, again, I got fortunate cause I was a, in corporate, I was already a coach. And that mean, wasn't after, my title yeah, after that. Yeah. So, so I was fortunate enough that I knew the, the lessons of being a coach and I had a mentor, even at the corporate, he was a consultant and that's how I had the first inkling of an idea. Cause basically he just came in and he would train sales teams. And I was like, man, it would be really, really cool if I did that. Um, him and I got close and, and we're friends. My first iteration, and I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, mainly because I had two companies I worked with that closed. One sold, other one closed down. And I didn't like the fact that like I had no control over that. Hmm. Like I had some, I, yeah, obviously I had input in that, but like I didn't, the decisions they made in marketing, I had no, I, I couldn't tell them, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm never fucking doing that again. And and I remember uh, right before I decided to become an entrepreneur, I told this guy, uh, a friend of mine who got me another job and it was like, you know, going to be six figures and doing the same thing. I Same thing I knew. I said, I got to turn it down, dude. And he, I remember he said to me, he goes, Raylan, I thought he was going to be like, you're an idiot. But he goes, Raylan, even if you make 60 grand a year, that is more money than you'll ever make here because mm. you're, you, you're free. Yeah. And I was like, okay, hell yeah, let's do it. So anyway, I knew right out the gate I was going to be a coach, but I started off as a sales coach because that's what I knew, right? I knew sales. Uh, I knew how to help people. And I realized once I got online, how bad people were at sales. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. Just terrible. And so listen, what I'm about to tell people is the most simplest shit in the world. All I did was I made content about selling and about me and I DM people that I thought could use a, a, a someone to help them generate more sales. That's literally it. Okay. Uh, I launched my first program and I think we did 25, maybe $30,000. And I was like, oh shit, that's cool. Here's, here's how I got to here though, is here was the problem. And I, this is a really good point and, and figuring out if you really want to be a good coach. People would do the program, make money because the program is only like $2,000, I think. And so they, they do the program two months. They'd make a bunch of money in those two months. And then they would leave. And guess what do you think happened? You went somewhere else. They went somewhere else, but they also stopped making the amount of money they were making yeah, before. Yeah. And that pissed me off. I go, my whole intention of doing this was I to- want a sustainability. Well, it's also like, for me, a coach gives you a skill set that you now own. Yeah. And if if you own that skill set, doesn't matter if you're with me or not, you should be able to maintain that. And they weren't maintaining it. And so, you know, I did a lot of soul searching. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? And I realized, oh, I'm giving people Ferraris without teaching them how to you know, drive stick, yeah. meaning I was going over all tactical shit, but they didn't know how to like operate day to day, how to take, yeah. uh, how to be more resilient. I wasn't teaching them how to look at the world in a different way that allows them to maintain the results they got. And so I basically went to, I met, uh, fast forward, I met my mentor, Shane, who's like, I, like I mentioned before, it's like a combination. He was a philosophy major and a, a theology, uh, had a doctorate in you know, theology, like super brilliant guy. And, uh, he had, 
fucked me up from one question he asked me. I remember I was asking him like, you know, asking him questions about like consciousness and all this stuff. And he says to me once he goes, um, Brian, let me ask you a question. How do you know you're not God? I go, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? Like he goes, explain to me beyond a reasonable doubt that you're not just God who accidentally forgot he was God and then was born into the world and just forgot. And the whole point of that odd ass question, which by the way, had me like questioning my whole existence for like two yeah. months. Um, the whole point of that was that you can create, like you can create your own realities, like kind of the whole point of it. And that, and that you can create your, your outcomes. And so I said, well, this is what I want to do. I want to help people build the business, but I want to have them do it in a way that they are happy, they are making impact, but also they are growing a business. And so when I created that, this is like a, like a little bit, a uh, little bit, a year and a month ago, when I created it, it was this almost experiment of, can I do anti-marketing? Hmm. And what I would do is I get on the phone with people. It was relatively successful right out the gate because I think I had like in one week, I had like 12 people join. And at that time, it was like, at the time, it was like $1,200 a month. And again, now it's only $97. But at that time, it was a little bit different. So I get like 12 people in. And this is what I sold them on. I go, you're going to join for a year. I'm not guaranteeing you any results. You probably won't make money for the first like three, six months. But once you find your thing, yeah, it's shrine. all about stuff mastery, right? Yeah. It's all about let's find your purpose let's find because like again i don't want people to have start with a program just for money because i don't i'm sure you know these people but i have worked with so as because before i launched my elevate coach academy i was just a normal consultant so i work with like coaches and i'd help them launch shit i can't tell you how many people i've helped launch something that was like super successful like six figure launches and that they don't do they still to this day don't do that program and i was like my my whole intention was i want to give you a program or an offer that you want to do the rest of your life yeah. Elevated Coach Academy, I will do for the rest of my life. As I'm sure yes. with Men on Purpose, you're going to yep, do the rest thing. of your life. Yep. And I want to give that to other people. And so anyway, uh, you know, we went to this experiment of like anti-marketing and being like, yo, this is going to suck. <laughs> like, it's going to be a lot of work. Um, you're going to find out stuff about yourself you don't appreciate. Yeah. And you're also going to make a huge impact. And it was it was pretty successful. And then again, we're, we're still growing today, but it was all based on like what we call the five laws. And so anyway, the jump to then to becoming a coach literally stemmed from two things. And my advice to anybody that's like, I want to become a coach. And maybe it's not like just with men on purpose, but whether yeah. it's a mindset coach, sales, whatever the skill set is, the how doesn't matter. It's the who. Yeah. So the question is, what is your purpose? And the best way I can tell people to find their purpose, and it's usually the exercise we take them through, which I got from uh, Evan Carmichael and Built to Serve, is your purpose comes from pain. Now I'm talking about like your, your business purpose, but also like your kind of self-intention. Your, your, your purpose comes from pain. Normally it's like the most painful experience you've ever been through in your life. Then you fast forward and you go, all right, what, what are some of the key highlights of people that I appreciate them? I like, I, like, not envy, I, I inspire to be them, what's about them. And you can see a through line. For me, it was being a victim of my life was like the greatest pain I've ever been through. And so that's why my purpose is to help people eliminate their excuses and their stories and all those things. And then it becomes the fun part of now we build a business around that purpose. And that's how you were able to create a business in which a coaching program, let's say that you fucking love doing, you could do it every day, even when shit gets hard. And by yeah. the way, in the, you know, in the last, I've been a coach for three years before this, I helped, you know, grow a seven figure coaching pr program before I traded that success for what I'm doing now because of the purpose. Yeah. Right. And 
even if we made, and this is how you know you're on the right path, is would you do it for free? Yeah. Because the answer is yes. That's that one longevity. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, imagine if it, obviously we have to like eat and shit, but like, let's say we can just, you know, we have that, whatever I would literally run elevated for fucking free and love yeah, every second of it. And that's how, you know, you're the right business. 10 million bucks in the bank, man. I, I, I always tell people, or I, I, I frequently tell people we're not allowed to use always or never in the MOP world. I frequently tell people who ask, what would you do with 10 million bucks? The same thing. I'd be on this call with you. I'd be on the hour long calls, my private calls. I'd be on the group coaching call tonight at five, the mastermind, the D&D mastermind. I'd, go on, I'd be on every single one of those. I'd probably host five a day because I'd, I'd pile money into marketing to just bring people in. I'd, I'd, I might even make it like, you got to have some skin in the game. So I wouldn't make it free. I Dude, just that's why be- I made elevated 97 bucks. Because yeah, yeah. originally I was like, maybe, dude if we want because the whole point was of removing the obstacle of money that's why i made it 97 bucks i want to right. know i just want to know reason why you can't be successful yeah but then i thought about it and i was like well i can't do free because no you can't you gotta, I, have, you gotta show up yeah you yeah. gotta have something at stake like i just might change my environment that's all i might be i might be doing this from like a, a bigger house or like a like i might be traveling on you know in a big rv or something that's about it there's not much difference you pop 10 million bucks in my bank account right now there's not much difference in my life. I live in paradise. I live in a really cool house. I live in a cool area. I drive a cool car that Toro pays for. It's out right now working for me that I, yeah. I haven't made a payment on it yet. Toro keeps making those payments. So like, yeah, that's cool. I, I, there's not much I'd change and that's how, you know, you're aligned. And I, dude, I, I, I love having you on this, man. You and I could talk about, I think the hardest part with talking to guys that are so similar is where do I take this? Like the whole time I'm like, uh, you know, I can go down so many different roads here. What, what's the audience really want to hear? And there's like 50 things the audience wants to hear. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I just have to trust that whatever comes out is what's meant to come out. And, and that's it. So dude, thank you for being here. Tell us, tell people where they can find your stuff. Yeah. Just go to elevatedcoachacademy.com. Uh, look me up on Instagram, YouTube, whatever, Raylan Davis. Um, the thing about YouTube that I really enjoy and I've really liked is that we get to do training. So we have our podcast on the on the channel, but we also do trainings. Um, one of my favorite things to do is 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 what we call like out free the competition. So my whole thought process was what if I turned our YouTube channel into a coaching program that all the gurus and one thing we didn't get into is the bullshit of coaches today. But um, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> the shit that they hide behind paywalls, I was like, I'll just do that for free on YouTube. So anyway, uh, if you're looking to be a coach, or you're curious about it, Maybe start with the YouTube channel. We also have a five-day challenge that basically you can experiment and decide it's free uh, if you want to be a coach and tells you the five things to do every single day. And then uh, you do a, a self-reporting, say if you did it or not, and then you can kind of see whether or not you want to do it. So that being said, I think that's it. Love it, man. Well, dude, thanks for being here. Thanks for spending time. I, do my apologies. I, I literally did not realize what time it was when we jumped on. I was like, yeah, I'm, oh, shit. So that happens. I'm glad you stuck around, man. Thank you. And thanks for your wisdom. Really appreciate getting to know you. And and I think there's some collaboration for you and I in the future. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. We got to do like, uh, you know, I'm sure you're going to be doing hosting huge men on purpose retreats. And I'd love to be invited one day and maybe do a speaking. Even if you want me to be an usher, anything I can do to contribute, (laughs) I'll, I'll, I'll do. You know, uh, I, I talk to a lot of guys, we, we do retreats and we're going to do a lot more in 2020 or in 2023, the big event. I've always dreamed about this 500. I've seen this on plant medicine journeys. I see this in my dreams, like 
500 people in this room and like there's there's one guy that stands up and goes you're fucking full of shit Mm. and i don't and i don't care about having my money back i just i came here to call you out and like the whole room is got is 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 the guys that i collaborate with like you and, and and a bunch of other guys and we all help this guy move out of his way right we all help this guy get rid of his excuses and his stories and this guy's like completely transformed and it was and like it doesn't even matter if the event's free i don't give a shit if it's free i want that kind of stuff and i want my friends who are in coaching to be there because you and i are i wouldn't call it a crusade you and i are on a path to make sure that shitty coaches don't fuck people up you know what i mean and that they actually go and get the get the get the help and do the actual work on themselves that they need to so they don't really mess people up because when you start getting into deep level mindset stuff or trauma stuff i know a lot of coaches that are not they haven't done it they're not qualified for it they haven't trained on it they just read some books and they're like putting up a shingle that's dangerous well my coach called that dropping people into the abyss yeah. Because one of the things like the training that I've done with my mentor and, and that I'll continue to do, it's, it's about, it's called the road to nobody. And if you remove someone's identity, because most of us, our identities is wrapped into what we do and what we did in the past. And what you find through this kind of training is that like, you are not, you are not your thoughts, but you're also not what you've done. You're something entirely differently. And you're in fact, like the, the road to enlightenment is actually the road to nobody. My point though, is that when you remove someone's excuses and obstacles, it's actually very delicate because after you remove their excuses and obstacles and you remove the victim mentality, the question becomes who the fuck am I at now? Yeah. And if you're not careful, like you can do a lot of bad, uh, bad things. So it's also, if you want to be a coach, it's about being honest with yourself. I am not the guy. Like uh, I think on that call, the last call we had, I I jokingly said this, but I am not Neo in the matrix. I'm Morpheus. (laughs) I only give people choice. So I always say like with, when it comes to elevated coaches Academy, the goal is to show you the door exists. Yeah. It's not to get you to walk through it. My only intention is to have you come in and go, this is a life I could live. I'm going to show you the door. It's up to you to walk through it. And now if you want that continued ongoing training, one of the things that we'll be doing, like my mentor, for example, is sending people to these two day long retreats that he does. That's in the middle of fucking nowhere, no phones, no nothing. And you just sit for fuck. It's kind of similar to landmark in that super long days. And you're going to see the devil. Like you're going and knocking on his door, going to your basement, all the shit you don't want to talk about, but that's him. He has to do that. Yeah. Right. Cause my intention is I just want to show you the door, but there's nothing wrong with that either. Right. Like in coaches, I think they, I think when you, when you first start, I'm willing to say that you probably have the right intention in mind. You want to help. And then something changes. And the one thing, if I want just to leave one final piece of advice, I guess, is that you need to check in frequently about why you're doing something. Is it about the money or is it about the impact? If you make it about the impact, the money will come. But I have made the mistake in the past. And arguably the reason why along the journey I've lost money is because in those, when I look back to those moments, I made it about the money, right? Like it wasn't about the impact and just be honest with yourself. There's nothing wrong with it. Just go, you know what? Like I made it about the money. I wanted more clients and that's why this shit got fucked up. But then, cause anytime I've made it about the people I've made it about connecting and because again, you have to remember when you operate from, and you know this, but if you operate from a place of I need money, I, I want more clients, whatever, you're operating from a place of lack. And when you're operating from a place of lack, you're going to get more fucking lack. And it may not come in that exact moment of monetarily, but it's going to come in other ways. But if you start with the premise that I am whole, I have enough now, 
I am abundant now, you'll have that in conclusion. 100%. Unfortunately, a lot of people right now are starting with a premise that they are broken. And if you go to a coach because you think you're broken, that is that is maybe what gets you in the door. But one of the things you'll probably realize when you join things like Men on Purpose is that you're not fucking broken. No, you're not yeah. broken. <laughs> and that's what true transformation is about. And that's why, like, that's why I love Men on Purpose is because it's anti self help. Self help starts with the premise that you're fucking broken. Yeah. Whereas people like you are, it's true transformation in that. It starts with the premise that you're actually whole. That's why like one of the most fascinating um, communities you can ever research and I'm getting really, really big into it is AA. I'm not an alcoholic, never been. But what they do is fascinating because the whole premise is you're not fucking broken. There's nothing wrong with you. (laughs) Like just follow these 12 steps and it's a pathway, but there's nothing wrong with you. You just, you just chose like Joe Polish is like a kind of a, like a, a mentor of mine. And he, he talks about, um, cause he has a, a thing called genius recovery, which by the way, if you want to donate to that, you can, but genius recovery starts with the premise that, um, as an alcoholic or a drug addict, you're so good. You're, you're expert at finding us finding solutions. Yeah. It's just, the, it's the wrong solution. It's, it's simple. That's it's it. very simple in that it's super simple in that. You're just making, you're just making choices that no longer serve you. They served you for a while. Thank them from the past. And that's it. All right, dude, I'm going to wrap this thing. Thanks, man. Yeah. Otherwise, we can you. go for fucking days. I appreciate dude, it. I, I'm like, uh, what time? Okay, yeah, we got it. Yeah, yeah. I, I would run this thing. We could run another hour. I just got to gotta pee and I'm out of water. <laughs> so like, we'd have to no, pause, with you. run I another hour, do a part two. No, we'll do, we'll do, a, we'll do another part two. I, I want to get deeper into this stuff with you. Um, okay, audience. Well, first, Raylan, thank you so much for being here, man. Really appreciate you. Um, and audience. Thank you for listening. If you stuck with us this long, you're a rock star. We love you. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.